sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome to a Thursday live right here on the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM channel 159. That is the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM all across the Sports Grid network as well. That includes sportsgrid.com slash watch. Find your favorite destination and consume everything all across the grid. I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here bright and early on this Thursday morning. A ton to get to over our next two hours together. We bring you up until 11 a.m. Eastern time live right here on the grid. The conference finals in the NBA playoffs continue on game number one in the Eastern Conference last night in Boston between the Celtics and the Heat a full-blown recap and everything you need to know around the association before we move it forward to game number two in Denver tonight between the Nuggets and the Lakers. The Nuggets and Nikola Jokic hold a one nothing series advantage. It is a major championship Thursday. Play just about to get underway in Rochester, New York at Oak Hill Country Club for the 2023 PGA Championship. We'll go around Major League Baseball. And speaking of conference finals, the NHL back on the ice tonight. The Stanley Cup postseason begins its third round. The conference finals in the Eastern Conference between the Carolina Hurricanes and the Florida Panthers. The puck drops in the conference finals tonight. But we start in the Eastern Conference in the association. The Miami Heat have been booked as an underdog now nine times in their 12 playoff games. And after last night's opening game in the Eastern Conference finals in Boston, Miami has won outright as an underdog six of those nine times covering in seven of the nine including the opening game inside TD Garden of the Eastern Conference Finals here in 2023 123-116 the victory for the Heat this is the third time in the past four NBA seasons these two teams have met in an Eastern Conference Finals and for the third time in this postseason Miami wins game number one booked as an underdog on the road 123 116 last night a total that closed around 211 and a hook sales over and when you look at what Miami has done throughout this postseason as that dog again now seven and two against the number six of those seven covers outright victories how has Miami relished in this role a man that Kevin Harlan has called Jimmy freaking Butler or playoff Jimmy for short he did not score 30 points in any of the six games against the New York Knicks after scoring 30 plus in four of the five in their opening series against Milwaukee so what does Jimmy do in game number one against the Seas a 35 point performance last night adds five boards and seven dimes as well to lead Miami to a game one victory in a one nothing series lead in the Eastern Conference finals Jimmy Butler in the heat steal game number one in Boston here was Jimmy frickin Butler last night following that opening game Jimmy this is three straight series of starting on the road and starting with an opening victory on the road to reclaim home court advantage is there a similarity to the three and what does it just say about this team that you come in to the other team's house and take away home court advantage right away 
We're just playing really good basketball. More than anything, we're staying together through the good and through the bad. Um, it is a game of runs, and we can talk to one another. I think that's what you know ultimately makes me smile is the fact that when things aren't going our ways, we can look at each other eye to eye and uh, know when somebody's messing around, and we can fix it. Um, I feel like we did a, a really good job on a defensive end. We shared the ball on offense, made some shots, got a win, but um, that's not a, enough for us, and we want to get another one in two days. We're back right here on the morning after as we welcome in our Sports Grid radio audience. A Thursday here on TMA, Sirius XM, Channel 159. All of our radio terrestrial affiliates now in the mix as well. I am Ben Stevens. You just heard from Jimmy Butler after a 35-point performance in game number one of the Eastern Conference Finals as Miami, for the third time in their three playoff series, booked as a road underdog in game number one, doesn't just cover but wins outright, 123-116. On the other side for Boston, it was a 30-point performance for Jason Tatum following a 51-point performance, the most ever scored in a Game 7 against Philadelphia on Sunday, but just 9 of 17 from the floor, only 22 for Jalen Brown in that contest. Miami was sparked by their reserves, certainly in that third quarter, a 46-point third quarter for Miami that put them on top virtually for good. Bam Adebayo adds 20 points over his points prop. Max Struess hits three threes. He adds in 15 for the Heat and Kyle Lowry was big early on in that opening half keeping Miami in the basketball game. The Heat were down by nine at the break. 46 points in the third and Miami goes to Beantown and steals game number one winning outright as an eight point underdog so obviously Miami stealing home floor advantage winning a game the odds did not expect them to it is drastically shift the odds for this Eastern Conference Finals matchup Boston entered game one last night at home as a five and a half dollar favorite minus 550 to win this series outright that is down by more than three dollars now a minus 220 price for the Celtics to win the East outright Miami just plus 170 still the underdog but being an underdog this postseason is where the Heat have shined. We'll continue to go around the association. Up next, live right here on The Morning After. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. to a Thursday live right here on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM channel 159. I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here on this Thursday after game number one in the Eastern Conference Finals where the Miami Heat go into Boston and for the third time in their three playoff series they win outright as a road underdog in game number one. We'll go around the association for some updates around the NBA because four teams still in the hunt for that Larry O'Brien trophy but 26 others already on to their offseason and of course the big news in the NBA on Sunday early in the morning hours after another Instagram live video showed the Memphis Grizzlies John Morant reportedly and apparently brandishing a firearm John Morant has released 
this statement. He was suspended by the Grizzlies on Sunday from all team activities at this time. And this statement from Jaw late on Tuesday night. Quote, I know I've disappointed a lot of people who have supported me. This is a journey, and I recognize there is more work to do. My words may not mean much right now, but I take full accountability for my actions. I'm committed to continuing to work on myself. End quote. We did hear from the NBA commissioner, Adam Silver, on ESPN's NBA Draft Lottery broadcast on Tuesday evening. The reporter, Malika Andrews, asked Commissioner Silver about this second incident with Ja Morant. And Adam Silver was emotionally distressed. He mentioned the conversation they had in New York City. Adam Silver also said they did not discuss what would happen with a second incident just for John Morant to work and understand the responsibility of his actions. We will await to see what punishment the league office hands down. As we go around the association here in this offseason, it's been an interesting time for some head coaches that have had a lot of success throughout the regular season, even into the postseason, and yet are looking for jobs the rest of this offseason. Of course, on Tuesday, Doc Rivers was fired by Philadelphia. We had this following a couple of other firings around the league as well with some notable coaches. Mike Budenholzer, who won an NBA championship with the Milwaukee Bucks in 2021 and, of course, led the Bucks to the NBA's best regular season record. Monty Williams let go by the Phoenix Suns following their second round exit against the Denver Nuggets. When you look at those three guys at the top of your screen, Budenholzer, Rivers, and Williams, they have combined for the best winning percentage in the last three years. Those three coaches combined a record of 469 and 239 overall. That's a win percentage of .66. Two, neither of those three coaches have led their team to anything less than 45 wins over the span of the past three seasons. And yet all of them are looking for a new job this offseason, as is Nick Nurse, an NBA championship winning head coach as well. Dwayne Casey fired by the Detroit Pistons. Steven Silas was fired earlier this offseason after the regular season for Houston, but of course the Rockets have hired Ime Udoka. He was representing Houston in the 2023 NBA draft lottery on stage on Tuesday night. Speaking of the draft lottery, now we know the order. Now we know the sweepstakes for that number one overall pick that is Victor Wembayama, the San Antonio Spurs, getting that number one draft selection, the ping pong balls falling in their favor. And you can see what the odds indicate. This is why it's the Victor Wembayama sweepstakes outside of just being the NBA draft lottery. Wemby is a minus 20,000 favorite to go number one overall. That is about as surefire of odds as you will ever See, Victor Wembayama, on the date of Tuesday's NBA draft lottery, played a game in the French League for his team where he recorded 22 points and nine rebounds. The seven foot four phenom is certainly a generational talent. We mentioned this to you yesterday, but it bears repeating. San Antonio now will have the third number one overall pick in its franchise's history. In 1987, with that number one overall selection, they took the Admiral. David Robinson in 1997 with the number one overall pick they took 
Tim Duncan, two franchise-altering players for San Antonio that led to a ton of success. And Greg Popovich, still the head coach there in San Antonio, seems as though he will lead the Spurs organization for some time more as Victor Wembayama is on his way to San Antonio. But as we look at the rest of this draft order, Charlotte selects second overall. Currently, the odds-on favorite for that number two overall pick is Scoot Henderson, a very talented guard that played for the G League Ignite this past season. A lot of people have speculated that in any other draft, Scoot Henderson most likely would be the odds-on minus money favorite to be that first overall selection. He is an odds-on minus 160 favorite to go second overall to Charlotte. But some people have made this point that with LaMelo Ball there for the Hornets organization and a rather stacked backcourt, might Charlotte look to go elsewhere with that number two pick like Brandon Miller, the freshman from Alabama this past season? He is the favorite currently to be that third overall pick to the Portland Trailblazers at plus 125. I say currently the third overall pick to Portland because we have already received reports as the speculation stood that if the Blazers didn't get the number one overall pick to get Victor Wembayama to pair alongside Damian Lillard, they would probably be interested in shopping that third overall selection. And that's what the reports are stating at this moment, that Portland is open to engaging in trade talks for that number three overall pick, trying to get some resources back to have have a team around Damian Lillard that can still contend for a playoff spot in the Western Conference. And then the Thompson brothers, who you see there, that played in the overtime league this past year, Eamon Thompson and Asor Thompson, are the favorites, respectively, to go fourth and fifth overall. The Houston Rockets draft fourth. It was a tough night for the Detroit Pistons, who were outside of that top four, despite having a 14% chance, one of the three best chances to have that first overall selection. They fall all the way to five. Only 17 wins this past year for the Pistons, despite a ton of young talent on the roster. They were hoping for that additional piece. They still draft top five, but not where they were hoping to end up following Tuesday night's draft lottery. Tonight... It's game number two on a Thursday in the Mile High City in the Western Conference Finals between the Denver Nuggets and the Los Angeles Lakers. The Nuggets right now booked as a five-and-a-half-point favorite holding a one-nothing series advantage. What is interesting to note about the spread for game number two tonight, it's a full point less than where it stood at closing for game number two. One, as Denver closed as a six-and-a-half-point favorite for the opening game of these Western Conference Finals. Maybe the odds indicating this is a better chance for L.A. to steal a game on the road against the NBA's best home team all year long. Denver has been at home, regular season and the playoffs now, 48 times. They have won 41 of those 48 games. They are perfect at home throughout these playoffs as well. Now 7 and 0 straight up, 6 and or 5 and 2 rather against the number as they closed as a 6 and a half point favorite on Tuesday night in game number 1 and the Lakers came back to only lose by 6 points. 132-126, the final on Tuesday night sailing way over the pre-game number of 222 and a half for the opening game of this series. The total on the rise, it's now 226 and a half for game number two. The Nuggets have been the most efficient team offensively in this postseason around the association, but the Lakers have been the number one defense in these NBA 
playoffs. Maybe a market overreaction for that over-under for game number two this evening in Denver. The Nuggets right now, a minus 280 favorite to win this series outright in advance to an NBA championship. They were minus 165. That was the price for the Nuggets entering game number one. But you can still see what the odds expect. Seven games going the full duration in this Western Conference Finals, the most likely outcome so that is game number two tonight in denver but tomorrow a quadruple header to open up the 2023 wmba season we preview it all up next sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com It is the eve of the season opener of the WNBA here in 2023. Four games tomorrow on a Friday that start a new season in the W. To preview it all, we welcome on Krina Mustafa live right here on this Thursday on the morning after on SportsGrid. She's a host and producer with our partner up in the Great White North in Canada for Homestand. Krina, thank you so much for joining us here to preview a new season in the WNBA on this eve with a quadruple header starting tomorrow. How excited are you? I'm very excited. It's about time that we're back uh, to the regular season, so I can't wait for tomorrow. And it is going to be a very interesting season. Storylines across the league entering this summer. And Krina, as we look at the WNBA title odds for 2023, you will see probably the biggest theme around the league this year. As you look at the defending WNBA champions, the Las Vegas Aces as the favorites to make it two straight, plus 115. Ten cents behind them, the New York Liberty at plus 125, and then a very large drop-off to the Washington Mystics with the third-best number at 14-1. to 1. Krina, are we about to enter the super team era in the WNBA? Listen, I think super teams in the W have been around for a while. I mean, you think about the Minnesota Lynx team several years ago when they had Maya Moore and, you know, Sylvia Fowles. But I think this is extra exciting this season. I think it's brought a lot more eyeballs because you look at the Las Vegas Aces, who are the defending champions. They already have Asia Wilson leading the team. She was MVP and Defensive Player of the Year last year. They have all their core in Chelsea Gray, Jackie Young, Kelsey Plum. And then they go in the offseason and they add Candace Parker, who's probably one of the best players in WNBA history and you're like how did this squad just get better um and then you look at the liberty who were able to bring in brianna stewart um uh, john Paul jones and courtney vandersloot as well as kayla thornton i mean those are really really big pieces and it seems kind of unfair for the rest of the league but at the same time i think there are some sleeper picks so we look at the odds once again to win a WNBA championship here in 2023. Again, the large drop off to the Mystics at 14 to 1. So Krina, can anybody outside of Las Vegas or New York compete for a title this year? I think the Washington Mystics are a good pick, honestly. They have Elena Deladon coming back healthy. She says she's feeling as strong as she's ever been, which is great because we know she's been struggling with that back injury for the last couple of years. Um, and so if she's come back fully healthy, they have Shakira Austin going into her second year. So that front court is going to be extremely hard to play against. They have Natasha Cloud. They still have all these pieces. They have a lot of depth. And I think that if 
the teams can stay healthy, then they're going to be the ones to advance the furthest. So as we look at the big drop-off from second to third best price, again, there's only a 10-cent distinction between the Aces and the Liberty. How big of a gap do you feel, Karina, there is between these two super teams in the W this summer? Listen, I think, honestly, my confidence is in the Aces right now. I think they're the ones who you should be betting on. Um, on the Liberty side, we have Courtney Vandersloot has been a concussion protocol for the last week. JJ, J John Cole Jones is also kind of struggling with a stress fracture. So to me, if this Liberty team can stay healthy, then I think that they can compete right there with the Aces. But if the Aces had an almost perfect season last year. And if they can continue building off of that momentum, I see it very hard to beat them. The Aces were virtually in the top spot of the WNBA table last year, battling it out with the defending champs a season ago in the Chicago sky. Then the Aces were incredibly dominant throughout that postseason run. So, Krina, as you look at the makeup of this Las Vegas team entering 2023, what do you expect for an encore for the reigning WNBA champs? I expect a lot of great offense. I mean, like I mentioned before, you have Asia Wilson, who can pretty much get whatever she wants. Chelsea Gray was the last year's finals MVP. She went on probably one of the most historical scoring runs I've ever seen in my life. Um, Kelsey Plum can obviously score from anywhere on the court, and she can also play make, which is going to be huge for them. The fact that they can play on a, on a set of ball movement and have literally anybody take whatever they want on the court, that's going to be super important for them. And honestly, it's going to be really hard to defend them. So when you look at the other super team in quotes this season in the New York Liberty, when you add one of the best players in the sport in Brianna Stewart to one of the most exciting players in the W in Sabrina Ionescu, who can literally fill it up, 26 triple doubles during her time in college at Oregon, already has three in the WNBA in her career. Where do you think, when you look at this loaded roster now, Krina, the Liberty made the biggest upgrade this offseason? Well, the biggest upgrade is definitely Brianna Stewart. I mean, you just brought in probably one of the best basketball players in the world. Um, and the fact that her and Courtney Vandersloot came in together, they both play basketball overseas. So they already have that chemistry playing together, which is going to be huge for this Liberty squad. And then you mentioned Sabrina Ionescu, who has been plagued with some injuries the last couple of seasons. She hasn't really had a fully healthy season in the W yet. And I think this year is going to be the first time that we actually see that. Um, so Coach Sandy Rondello of the Liberty, she's said Sabrina surprised her the most in training camp this year so far so I'm super excited for what she's going to bring on the court but basically the Liberty have just added great pieces to an already existing uh, talented squad and there's some underrated names on the squad too like Benajah Laney who's been with the Liberty for several seasons now so I'm super excited for them. And when you mentioned John Quell Jones as well, Krina, adding some depth to that front court alongside Brianna Stewart, a big upgrade for the Liberty. We also see that represented, this super team era, not only in the odds to win a WNBA championship as a team, but individually. Four of the five best odds to win the WNBA MVP this year in 2023 come from players who play for either the Aces or the Liberty. Brianna Stewart is the favorite, just barely in front of Asia Wilson, the reigning MVP in the W. As you look at the odds right now, Krina, who is your pick to win the WNBA MVP in 2023? Listen, I think the MVP is going to come from a team that is not the Liberty or the Aces, just because I think that they are both so deep that they have so many stars that are just going to go off every night. They have so many leaders. So I think, honestly, if you're looking at good value here, Elena Deladon could be a sneaky good pick if she returns to her form and she leads this Mystics team to a successful season. I think she could be a good pick for MVP.
We showed you the odds for both the Aces and the Liberty and their win totals at 30.5 for both Vegas and New York. The Washington Mystics are the only other team in the W that is favored to win at least 25 games this year. Keep an eye on the Mystics, certainly from that value component, as there is that large gap between the top two and the Sticks with the third best price of course as you see there as well one of the big storylines this summer is going to be the return of Brittany Griner for the Phoenix Mercury see she has the sixth best price to win the WNBA MVP at 14 to 1 a two-time league scoring champ an eight-time WNBA all-star Krina as you look at Brittany Griner returning to the floor for the Mercury what does she add back for this Phoenix club it's first off it's just really great that she is back i think automatically that helps the mercury franchise a lot in terms of just feeling relieved and happy that their sister is back um i think she brings a lot obviously before um before her departure entertainment um she was one of the best players in the league as well she's her size is something that the mercury have definitely missed um and honestly there's no pressure for her to get back to the level she was yet obviously like she goes on her own timeline um but getting getting her back automatically puts the mercury in some sort of contention window even if the rest of their pieces aren't necessarily figured out yet there will be a huge spotlight, of course, on Brittany Griner. She was arrested and detained in Russia in February 17 of 2022. She was wrongfully detained, as the U.S. State Department said it, for 294 days. But she was released back in the States, back with her Phoenix team. And let's not forget the talent that Brittany Griner has on the basketball floor as well. An eight-time WNBA All-Star, a commanding presence for this Phoenix Mercury team. Of course, when we look around the league, Krina, we'll focus on the top two. You mentioned the value with Elena Deladon and the Washington Mystics. How about a couple of teams that might have missed the postseason a summer ago looking to make that leap this year of the four that missed the playoffs last year Krina who do you think has an opportunity to get into the postseason this season I think for me the Atlanta dream stand out uh, across the rest of these four teams they did so well in the in the draft this year they drafted Haley Jones and Leticia Amahir who's also a Canadian gotta shout her out um, <laughs> but then you look at they acquired Alicia Gray in the offseason as well they have Ryan Howard who was rookie of the year last year I think they have a lot of really fun pieces together they definitely upgraded they're on the rise and I think they're gonna actually make the playoffs and I think that they could even make a little bit of noise that the odds right now for Atlanta minus 530 to get into the postseason it should be a much more optimistic 2023 for the dream at the bottom of that graphic Krina we just showed the Indiana fever heavily and I mean heavily favored to miss the playoffs at minus 20,000 but there should be some hope as Aaliyah Boston makes her way to Indiana. She is the favorite right now to win the WNBA Rookie of the Year after one of the most successful college basketball careers we have ever seen. What does she bring now as she makes that next step to the W? Listen, I think the Fever are going to be better than most people are predicting. Um, I think Aaliyah Boston brings another uh, level of size and able to get anything she wants. I mean, between her and Alyssa Smith, I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of opportunity there to score points. And I was looking at highlights from the preseason, and she was as open as I've ever seen her, more open than in college. So she's going to be able to get hers and lead this team. And you know, they have veteran Kelsey Mitchell as well. So I think I think the Fever may not be as low as might be some people as some people might think they are. 
Aaliyah Boston had 82 career double-doubles during her time with South Carolina. She's the odds-on favorite at minus 250 to win the Rookie of the Year this year in the W. Karina Mustafa joining us here on this Thursday, a host and producer with our partners up in Canada, Homestand. Karina, thank you so much for your time here on this Thursday. Thank you so much. And enjoy the WNBA season. It starts tomorrow. More of the morning after, up next here on Sportsman. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back right here, live on a Thursday on the morning after on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, Channel one. 59. That is the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the Sports Grid Network as well. I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here on this Thursday. As we just discussed with Karina Mustafa, the WNBA season starts tomorrow. But we are in the thick of the playoffs, of course, the conference finals around the association. The opening games of each of our two series out in the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference now in the books. We get ready for game number two in Denver tonight between the Nuggets and the Lakers. But quickly, let's go back to game number one in Boston because what Miami is doing here throughout this playoff run is truly remarkable. As the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference, they have made it to the Eastern Conference Finals for the third time in the last four years. Jimmy Butler was asked about this phenomenon after the game. As an eighth seed, you have defied the odds to get here. And Jimmy said, we don't care if you pick us to win. We never have. We never will. And so when Jimmy Butler thinks about his team with that mentality, that they can go out and win any game, it doesn't matter what the spread says. They don't view themselves as an underdog, but they relish that opportunity. It is a true highlight for this Miami Heat team. As the Heat went outright last night in Boston, once again as an eight-point underdog booked as a dog in nine of their 12 playoff games Miami is now seven and two against the spread six of those seven covers outright victories on the other side how is Boston hoping to respond after a 30 point performance in the opening game of that series here's the Celtics Jason Tatum about that resolve Boston will need to show in game number two he's talked a lot about you guys adjusting on the fly you guys being open to adjustments, especially against this team that's switching it up so much. How much did you guys out there feel the need to adjust to some of the things they were doing? And do you think you did so effectively? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, we, we just gave up 46 points in the third. So, you know, that's defense and transition and offensive rebounds um, and, you know, not closing out the shooters. So, uh, you know, that's some things that we really got to focus on and, um, go over tomorrow and you know at practice the Miami Heat as Jason Tatum was referring to right there scored 46 points in the third quarter the Heat were down by nine at the halftime break they had a 21 point advantage in that third and they never looked back from there it seems there is a clear coaching advantage in this series and it lies with one of the best in the association in Miami's Eric Spolstra. That was game number one in the Eastern Conference Finals. It is game number two tonight in the Western Conference Finals in Denver between the Nuggets 
and the Lakers helping us preview game number two. Looking at where this series stands, entering its second game and what we might see the rest of the way, it is Trevor Lane back right here on this Thursday on the morning after a host for Lakers Nation helping us preview everything all around the Western Conference Finals. Trevor, thank you so much for taking the time to join us here on this Thursday. Oh, no problem. Thank you for having me. This is going to be a, an exciting game, too, and uh, I can't wait. So, Trevor, let's quickly look back at game number one because it's an interesting game to break down. For most of it, Denver was thoroughly dominant, a 21-point lead midway through the third quarter. But then the Lakers showed some resolve themselves. They cut the deficit to just three points twice in the final two minutes of regulation. So, Trevor, you've had 36 hours to let game number one settle in, to look back at the box score and the tape. How do you feel about the result with the Lakers losing by six? Yes, but finding their way back into that basketball game in the opening game of the Western Conference Finals. You know, the funny thing is that I think it was kind of a, a roller coaster of a game that wound up putting us right back where we started. Going in, we said this was going to be a very, very close series. It was going to be very hard fought. Each game was going to be a battle because these teams are so close in terms of how good they are. And even though Denver raced out to that big lead, it really was a tale of two halves. The Lakers were pretty dominant in the second half, at least once they made a few adjustments. So you wound up with a really close game down the home stretch. And then, of course, the Nuggets eventually are able to put this thing away. But I think I'm right where I started this and that I think that this series is going to be extremely close. We're going to see a lot of really exciting games. And who wins? It's anybody's guess, but Denver's got the advantage right now, up 1-0. They certainly do, but the odds expect, Trevor, like you mentioned, a long series. The most likely outcome from the amount of games we're going to see, seven between Denver and L.A. So as we look back at game number one, of course, Nikola Jokic was sensational. His sixth triple-double here in these playoffs for Denver, 34 points, 21 rebounds, 14 dimes. Jamal Murray adds in 31 points, but on the other side for L.A., 40 points for Anthony Davis along with 10 boards. LeBron was just one assist shy of a triple-double. That duo, finishing with 66, actually slightly outscoring the duo from Denver in Jokic and Murray. Is this matchup of these two pairs, Trevor, going to be the storyline of this series in your estimation? Yeah, yeah, I think it is because all the questions are, what do you, do you have Anthony Davis defend Nikola Jokic? Do you want him off of Jokic so he can come over and be a secondary helper? What about Jamal Murray? How efficient can he be? What can the Lakers defense do to slow him down? And then, of course, on the other side, how do those guys match up with the Lakers? Who are you going to have defend LeBron James? And look, the, these pairings are so good, and we already saw them take on each other back in uh, in 2020. So that is really the the focal point of this series. Of course, the other guys all matter when we get into Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter Jr. and Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell and all these other players. They're all going to matter a ton in this series, but it really is going to come down to the stars. Can Anthony Davis play at a level close to Nikola Jokic? And then what happens with Jamal Murray? Can he continue to be so efficient on the offensive end like we saw in game one? And can LeBron show us that he still has a little something left left in the tank so ultimately those four players are going to be the focal point even if it's not wise to completely disregard everybody else that's right. that's on the floor because these other role players are certainly going to matter but the stars are going to draw all the attention here and for good reason 
So Trevor, now we move it forward to game number two in Denver tonight. The Nuggets booked as a five and a half point favorite. The total stands four points up from where it was in game number one after 258 points combined between the Lakers and the Nuggets in that opening game of the Western Conference Finals. Game number two tonight. tonight. Trevor, what is the biggest adjustment the Lakers need to make entering the second game of this series? Well, I think the big adjustment, we already got a little preview of it in, in game one, and that was using some players that aren't Anthony Davis on Nikola Jokic. Now, the Denver Nuggets say, we've seen this before. This isn't anything new. If you want to put Rui Hachimura on, uh, on Jokic, we can definitely counter that. That's not a problem. But for the Lakers, that made a big, big difference in game one, having somebody else there on Jokic, just somebody that's got a little bit of size to them, and then let Anthony Davis be kind of that roamer in the middle where he can shut down a lot of things defensively, which he is so, so great at. So that, I think, is is the big adjustment for the Lakers. It's starting off with an extra big body out there on the floor. If it's not Rui Hachimura, maybe it's a Jared Vanderbilt. The Lakers started game one with three guards on the floor, the same lineup that they used against the tiny Golden State Warriors. It was a huge shock to everybody around the Lakers world that they had decided to start three guards in Austin Reeves, Dennis Schroeder, and D'Angelo Russell together on the floor, and they got, not surprisingly, crushed on the board. So the big adjustment, I'm expecting to see the Lakers go bigger more often and have one of those extra big bodies on Nikola Jokic and let Anthony Davis be a little bit of a roamer on the defensive side. So, Trevor, we saw that late in the third quarter in the fourth. It helped spark that Lakers comeback. Rudy Hachimura guarding the two-time NBA MVP in Nikola Jokic. A two-part question for you. Do you expect Rudy Hachimura to get the start tonight to defend Jokic? And what about that defensive scheme benefits the Lakers the most? So I do expect him to get the start. If not him, it'll probably be Jared Vanderbilt. I just can't see any way the Lakers can go back to that three-guard starting lineup. That was a disaster. Uh, as far as what benefits the Lakers the most, it's letting Anthony Davis do what Anthony Davis does. It's not necessarily about Rui Hachimura or Jared Vanderbilt or whoever it is. Maybe it'll be LeBron that gets some minutes on Jokic. Let's face it, they're going to throw a lot of different looks at Nikola Jokic. It's not necessarily about the non-Anthony Davis players being better defenders or better options to defend Nikola Jokic because they're not. Anthony Davis is the best option. However, if the overall team goal is to try to send doubles at Jokic, Anthony Davis coming over to be the double team help is your best option there. And he is so good at just defending everywhere on the floor. I mean, he uses that ridiculous wingspan so, so well to get out to the three-point line, get back into the paint, contest up at the rim. And the problem they were having is that when he was defending Jokic, he's kind of just glued to him. And then that allows everybody else to get going. So allowing Anthony Davis to play a bit more center field and help on the entire Nuggets offense, I think it allows him to have overall a greater defensive impact. And I think he's been the best defensive player in the NBA playoffs. So if you can get the best out of him that can go a long long way towards getting a win trevor we focus a lot on the offensive props as we get ready for a game and rightfully so ad's tonight 25 and a half you saw Jokic's number at 28 in a hook but anthony davis also has a defensive prop available for the number of blocks he might record in game number two it's at two and a half something to keep in mind on the defensive end of the floor for los angeles so you mentioned the stars are going to lead the way this series in the western conference finals but 
of those reserves, we saw Austin Reeves pour in 23 points in game number one. We know the impact that Rui Hachimura made for L.A. Who is the biggest X factor for the Lakers the rest of this series? You know, I, I came into this series saying it was going to be a Rui Hachimura series for the exact reason that we've been talking about. This is, you know, against Golden State in round two. Uh, he wasn't used nearly as much. It wasn't a series that really called for his skill set, a player of his size, 6'8", with a 7'2 wingspan. This series, he's exactly what they need to they need it on the floor. They need a lot of minutes from him. So I still have him as the X factor. Look, there, there's no question that they need multiple players to pitch in. They need Austin Reeves yeah. to continue to play well. D'Angelo Russell, who had a very, very poor game one, actually was out in his full uniform after the game, <laughs> getting shots up, trying to get his shot back into a rhythm. All of these guys are going to matter a lot for the Lakers, but I still think it's Rui Hachimura, his ability to be on the floor, to give you extra defensive help on Jokic, to give you a little bit of extra scoring burst so that the uh, Nuggets defense can't just sag off of him. I think he is the X factor for the Lakers in this series. D'Angelo Russell, Trevor, like you mentioned, just 4 of 11 from the floor on Tuesday night, only 8 points, and 0 for from deep, 0 for 3. About a minute left in this segment, Trevor. We see what the odds indicate here. Denver nearly a $3 favorite to win the series outright at minus 280. The Nuggets have been the best home team in the NBA all year long. Trevor, how crucial is it for Los Angeles to win this second game on the road and steal one heading back to L.A.? Oh, it's it's critical. I expect to see the Lakers go out and give everything they've got to win game two. They've got to get one of these on the road. That was the whole goal when you go on the road uh, for the first two games. It's just get a split. Get one, and then it shifts home court advantage back to you, and then you go from there. You head home for game two and game three. So I think it's extremely important, and I expect to see a very, very focused Lakers team because they understand how big it is that they get a split didn't get it done in game one. I'm expecting to see them come out there and get after it in game two. It is very interesting. The spread for game two, a full point less than it was for the opening game of the Western Conference Finals. Trevor Lane, a host for Lakers Nation, helping us preview that second game of the Western Conference Finals. Thank you very much. More of the morning after. Up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Counting out this opening hour, a Thursday live right here on the morning after on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, channel 159. That is the home for SportsGrid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the Spiz Grizz Network, that's SportsGrid. And it now includes the new SportsGrid app. Available for download at the Apple App Store. Or in a matter of moments, you can scan that QR code on your screen. Do it right now. I'll wait. All right. Scan it. Got it? Downloading? Cool. All right. Now you have all of the data sets, all of the information, all of the expertise we have here at the Spiz Grizz Network in the palm of your hand. It's smarter to be on SportsGrid, and that starts with a new sports grid app we round out this opening hour of course by hearing from you miami has done what the heat have done all postseason long as an underdog on the road in a series win the opening game of that series outright so after miami 
steals game number one of the Eastern Conference Finals in Boston against the Celtics. What does that mean for the Eastern Conference Finals overall? That was the question and fade the public. At SportsGrid TV on Twitter, after Miami's upset last night in Boston, who wins this series now? Let's not forget, the Seas entered game number one last night as a $5.50 favorite, minus 550. The price is down to just minus 220, and the public thinks it should be a lot closer to about a minus 110 number, because right now, the public is still slightly, and I mean very slightly, favoring Boston. As I look at the updated numbers, the Celtics have 50.4% of this fade the public vote. The Heat have 49.6% of this fade the public vote. Earlier this morning, I checked, it was Boston over 60%. I said, that makes sense. Is the public overreacting? Or is this series going to be a ton more competitive than we initially expected? Hour number two of the morning after is up next, live right here on Sportsbook.